Welcome to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. Each month, we bring you an informative interview that helps you live your best life as an entrepreneur. Here on the Worthy Writer edition, we take a deeper dive into authorship topics through conversations with notable writers and quality industry professionals. And now, your host, Tanya Brockett. Welcome to the Worthy Writer Edition. I am so excited today to have best-selling author Jason Alcott. Jason is a writer that was born and raised just outside of Vancouver, British Columbia. He studied business at Trinity Western University, graduating with a Bachelor of Business Administration, and he currently works supporting a great operations team in the construction industry. Jason began writing his debut book, The Sewing Principle, after recognizing the role that sewing and reaping was playing in his life and the impact that this understanding could have on others. When he's not writing, he can often be found with his wife trying to wrestle their toddlers into car seats to go explore all the adventures awaiting just outside their front door. Listen in with me as I talk to Jason about his new book, The Sewing Principle, and his book writing experience, as well as what the principle can mean for us, especially this time in the year. Today, I am so excited to welcome Jason Alcott to our show. He's the author of The Sewing Principle, and it's something that I believe that this listening audience is truly going to benefit from. Welcome, Jason. Thanks, Tony. It's uh, an honor to be here. Oh, it's a pleasure to have you. You know, I want to start our conversation directly with your book. Tell us, you know, the title of your book is The Sewing Principle, The Steps Between Your Purpose and the Harvest. So tell me, what is The Sewing Principle? What's that all about? So the sewing principle is um, an idea that was really inspired by a couple of uh, books, one of them being called The Slight Edge and another one, uh, The Compound Effect. The Compound Effect is by uh, Darren Hardy. And also just my, you know, my reading in in the Word and the Bible and I started looking at these laws of like sowing and reaping that were kind of put in the Bible. And and it, it's really a framework for looking at kind of recognizing all that God is blessing us with, with our, you know, our time and our talents, gifts and abilities. And then how can we take that and apply them towards what God's calling us to, sort of our purpose? And then recognizing, it also gives you the framework to recognize whether we or not we're moving or using those gifts or, or what I call seeds in the book, like our seeds, what we're pl- how we're planting our seeds, to whether or not we're actually moving towards or away from what God's sort of calling us towards in, in His will for our life. What are some examples of those seeds? How would we... You know, what are we sowing <laughs> and how would we know about that? Yeah, you know, I think one of the biggest realizations for myself as I was kind of working through this concept and trying to put it together is this idea that we're, we're always sowing. So like one of the biggest things that we're always sowing is we're always sowing our time. So like, even, you know, I mentioned in the book, you know, even when you're sleeping, right, we're, we're sowing our time into the rest and relaxation and rejuvenation like of our physical body and our mind. Unless, of course, you have toddlers like I do, which means you're not getting any sleep. But, but we're, we're always, so that's one great example. It's like we're always sowing our time. Um, 
you know, the other thing that, that is constantly always going on is we're, we're always sowing our thoughts, you know, what are we thinking about? Um, and, and in those kind of two things, I look at it and I go, okay, so what am I allowing as inputs into my brain or, or allowing to input uh, inputs into what am I listening to, watching, you know, what kind of shows do I watch? What kind of music do I listen to or podcasts do I listen to that are sort of allowing me to grow or maybe not grow, if that makes sense. And then there's, then there's things that are a little bit more, maybe what people would think of is like your, your gifts, your talents, your abilities. So I think sometimes people look at sowing and you say, you know, we got to sow the seeds that God's given us. And they look very specifically, like if you have a gift in maybe in music or something like that, or in finances, or what well, we think in finances very specifically, like sowing the money that God's blessed us with into, into giving and tithing. But I think it's, it's so much more than that. It's just, it's a, it's a looking at like in every moment we have a seed and we're sowing a seed. So like even you and I right now, we're, you know, we're sowing a seed into our learning and through doing this podcast and hopefully sowing a seed into those that are listening, that are, they're being uplifted and encouraged and, and encouraged to kind of change their perspective and look at life just slightly differently so that they can be equipped to kind of move towards more of what they're called to, more towards their strengths. Does that kind of make sense? Absolutely does. And it's quite in line with a lot of what we do on this Write Something Worthy podcast. Because one of the things that closes each of our solo episodes is an abundant Mm -hmm. author affirmation. And so what it is, is the intention of feeding good, positive, affirmative statements to ourselves and our minds and our subconscious minds so that what comes out is that positive word. So it is a similar concept. Yeah, absolutely. A hundred percent. I think we don't, I think we, we can kind of forget that, um, you know, you can only hold one thought at a time. <laughs> you can't hold two thoughts at the exact same time. And, and, you know, you can have a, you know, a bad, my mom likes to joke. She likes to say, you know, if you have a bad, you know, moment or something like that, it doesn't necessarily mean need to be an entire bad day, right? So if you have a bad morning or something went wrong in your morning, it doesn't mean your whole day needs to go poorly. You can actually choose to change your thoughts, which then can choose to change sort of your attitudes and hopefully your emotions will kind of follow in it. But we have to make that that, that very specific um, decision to change our thoughts and things like an affirmation can be so powerful in that because you can say that at any point, right? Uh, Regardless of how you're feeling. Yes, yes, that is absolutely true. And what that allows us to do then is if we, for example, start our day wrong, we kick the edge of the bed and it hurts our leg, we don't have to allow that to just keep growing, right? And so the next seed that you sow can be, ah, well, thank you that, you know, that's over. Now <laughs> let me try to get myself back on track so that I can have a great morning. And 100%. When, <laughs> right. So then when you see the next person, Instead of being grumpy and having a frown on your face, giving them that smile is sowing a seed to them because that might have been just what they needed today. Oh, yeah. You know, seeing somebody smile at them is just like, oh, okay, things are a little bit better. Right? Yeah, I don't think we, we, all, we, we don't always recognize the impact that our current emotional state has on those that are around us, especially those that are around us for prolonged periods of time, like our, our spouse, children, or coworkers, right? We, we, we think if we're having a bad day that it doesn't affect maybe anybody else, they can be having their own day, but <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> Believe me, I know, this. I know this. So tell me what influences brought you to the point of writing this book? 
I wanted to write a book for many years, which, you know, I shared with you when we were looking at uh, partnering together in the editing process. Um, and I think what kind of brought it to a point of clarity, I wanted to write a book for a handful of years about, you know, how do we develop a closer relationship with Jesus? Um, and as I was sort of clarifying that process, it came to me that I, what I really needed to write was I needed to write the sewing principle first, because the sewing principle is foundational into everything that we're doing, right? It's happening all the time. And you can take some of those pro- sewing principles and apply it into growing your relationship with Jesus, which is kind of what I you know, would like to write, continue to write about in the future. But I needed this sort of idea first. And it was really funny. I spent years sort of fumbling around with how I was going to write this book. And then once I kind of had the idea and the, the sewing principle sort of was clarified, then I all of a sudden it was like I was just able to start writing. And also the other realization was I turned 40 just this last year. And so I think I really started writing very specifically when I was 39. Age didn't have anything to do with it, but it was also just the realization like nobody else is going to write this book for me. <laughs> um, and, I, you know, it, the book also wasn't going to write itself. So the only way it was going to happen is if I could create some sort of consistent habit around writing and, and make it happen. And that was sort of just a realization that sort of brought me to the point of, of being, being ready, to, ready to write and actually put the work in to get it done. Um, and it's interesting, once I got moving, it wasn't actually as onerous or maybe even as difficult um, as maybe I had made it out to be in my mind, which I'm not sure if other writers share that same experience. Um, definitely still lots of room for improvement as far as my writing goes and being able to connect with people. But, uh, but I'm also a big, I'm a big reader as well. So, you know, constantly being influenced by great writers, I think really helped bring me to the point of being like, well, I've got to, you know, at least start, right. You know, they didn't all start out great. They started somewhere and I've got to at least start to allow the the process to begin to hopefully continue on to one day, uh, you know, be a great writer. I already think you're a great writer. So I appreciate that. <laughs> I, I enjoyed your book immensely. And the concept, I thought, was such a practical way of being, quite frankly. It was just so practical that I thought it was great. And it's going to make a very positive impact, I think, in a lot of people's lives. So how I appreciate that. long did it actually, absolutely, how long did it take you to actually get the book out? you know, from word one to final? Uh, From word one, let's just go from word one with consistency. Uh, It was about two years. Two to three years? Is that what you said? Two years. Yeah, just less than two years, actually. Yeah. Great. And you got it done. That's the important thing. And that's hard to do, right, when you're a, a... a dad who's working with young kids clamoring all around. I know how that is. So um, it's hard to always find those edges of the day to do that writing. Yeah, it was uh, when I was getting down to the end, I remember I was reading one blog post and they're like, I was, I was I w- traditionally was writing in the morning between 5 and 5.30 a.m. That was kind of my write time. For, I would do that at least four days a week. Um, and then as I was getting closer to the end, that was even getting more challenging. Um, but I, I read a blog post and they're like, if you're really a writer and you're trying to finish something, you need to stop thinking that you have to sit down and write for 30 minutes. You need to recognize that sometimes you're only going to be able to sit down and write in five, 10 or 15 minute blocks. Um, and that was actually really helpful and almost freeing for me because I needed to push this over the end. I needed to get it to you, which I had a deadline with for, 
And I just needed to take like, it, it could be like 15 minutes between when dinner was done and when we needed to get the kids ready for bed. And I could look at my wife and say, hey, I'm just going to take 15 minutes and write. And she was totally on board because she knew what we were trying to you know, accomplish as a family. Um, but I had, that, that's what I had to do to, to kind of get it done. And, and, but you know, freeing myself to do that was, was really helpful. You know, it doesn't have to be this perfect environment uh, with all the right lighting and just the right music in order for me to be able to write. I just needed to take every minute that I had and, and, and actually use it with intentionality. Did you also have a framework so that you knew what you were going to be writing when you had those 15-minute blocks? Yeah, absolutely. I was, I had early in the, in the writing process, I was able to sort of flesh out the framework, um, sort of the, you know, table of contents, so to speak. And, and then, and then I would, anytime I, I kind of clarified ideas, I was always working on sort of the, the outline as it were and adding in, okay, I can write, you know, include a, a section about this. And I would often come up with the sort of section headers or titles or things that I wanted to include before I obviously wrote out and fleshed out all the ideas that would go underneath that particular section. Um, and it, so I always sort of had more ideas ready to go so that when I had a 10 to 15 minute section of time, if that's what it ended up being, I could grab one of those and start writing about it. Um, and then it, then I'd be able to kind of come back and clarify and, and that you know whole editing process. So, Jason, what if a reader of your book is not religious? Can they still apply the sewing principle? Absolutely. Um, I think most of the books that I read are not Christian-based or faith-based. So one of the things that I did with the sewing principle is I wanted to take some of the concepts that I'm reading about, um, books like The Slight Edge and books like The Compound Effect, um, and, and apply them from a Christian, from my perspective, uh, being, being a Christian. But the concept is, is like life. It doesn't necessarily, what your personal religious belief is, is, is yours, but whether or not you're actually, what you do today matters, that, that's a, that's a non-disputable point, I think. And the, the encouragement of the book is to recognize that what you're doing in each moment matters and then take responsibility for it. Because once you know that, you know, how you spend your time is going to greatly affect and impact your future, um, then, then you have a responsibility to do something about it. And I think that regardless of what you're, you're looking, you know, your particular religious viewpoint, uh, I, I think that that matters to anyone in any religion is, is we want to be able to have an, have a positive impact in our lives and our communities. And that, that requires us to recognize that what we do in each moment matters. I absolutely agree. And I've talked about that on this podcast a lot as well as power is in the present moment. What you do yes. now will determine what your next will be. So I agree that it can be a principle applied regardless. 100%. How do you, well, given that, I mean, we just talked about the fact that anybody can apply this principle. What? How can they apply it to their lives? How how can it improve someone's life? And do you have any examples, either from the book or just, you know, your own life? Yeah, it, it, I think um, starting with, like, the book kind of starts out of this premise of my own example of, you know, where I was a handful of years ago. And I talk about how I had this list of attributes that I was looking for in my future wife. And, and, you know, I wanted, uh, you know, my wife to be a person of, uh, so we've been married seven years now, got two kids, one on the way, 
But, you know, 10 years ago, what my life looked like, just it just doesn't look the same way that it does today. So, uh, um, you know, I'm looking for a woman of integrity and, and a woman that, uh, you know, wants to, to raise a family that's, uh, you know, good with grounded values and morals. And, and then it was like, I looked at this list and it, you know, it was all the values that I wanted my future wife to have. And I recognized that I didn't have, I didn't have those values. Um, and recognizing that when you're looking to change your values, it's not an overnight switch. You have to actually sort of painstakingly start to make the decisions that all of us, so that your values start to line up with who you are. So, um, that, that, you know, required me to, to clean up my act in a lot of ways. And so, I mean, that's the most, you know, the example that I use in the book is, is I had to take act, you know, actual steps. I needed to make a career change. I was working in the restaurant industry and it wasn't a great space for me. Um, I needed to, you know, clean up my life with regards to some of the, you know, drinking and just some of the people that I was spending a lot of time with, because I was spending time with people that were great people and I love them. I don't judge them, but I needed to be a better judge of how I was spending my own time. So while I was not judgmental of them and their decisions, I needed to be a better judge of how I was going to spend my time with people because the people that we spend time with influence us, right? And th- that influences, you know, our future. And so that's one really great um, sort of practical example that I've, that I've had the opportunity to live out. And if you ever get the chance to meet my wife, she's, she's amazing. She, uh, She's, I, you know, you meet her and you go, wow, how, how did Jason get to marry somebody like that? At least I look at her every day and say that. I'm like, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, God's hand was all over that for sure. Um, oh, that's but, yeah, but other, other practical examples are, um, you know, uh, health comes up a lot. Uh, health comes up for me in my early 40s, looking at, at the new year, where, you know, this time of year, a lot of people are looking at, you know, how they, they make ambitious goals, potentially about you know, losing weight or, or whatever it is that they're going for. But, you know, a real practical example of the sewing principle is, is to be able to, to kind of take what you're sort of shooting for and how do you walk that back into your, your little tiny simple steps that you're going to take on a daily basis to help you be a healthy person, right? Um, and, and I think that, that kind of keeps coming up and resonating in different conversations that it's, it's not the huge milestone that a lot of people are looking for. But they need to. We need to work it back to what are the simple little things that can allow us to help us make healthy decisions, so that when we wake up a year from now, we we feel like a healthy person. And it's just one decision at a time. It doesn't have Absolutely. to be just as you said. It doesn't have to be that giant big mountain. Oh, I have to totally change to be this person up here. Well, what's the next step that you could take that would lead that direction? Absolutely. That's great. You know, I talked about on one of my podcast episodes that you are the are the author of your life. And what you do and who you hang around with <laughs> will impact what you get out of your life. So as you were talking about having friends that you, you know, have to spend a little less time with if you're trying to achieve a specific goal and that's not where they're core values are, then you have to slowly extract yourself from those situations sometimes. Yeah, and I think that can be really tricky, you know, to to extract yourself sometimes in some of those situations. It's not an easy thing to do, but but we do have a responsibility to to do it and to actually, you know, pay attention to those things because they, they do so greatly impact our future. And I think one thing that we also forget about sometimes is the impact on just the constant barrage of 
sounds, information, radio shows, television shows that are just feeding on our subconscious mind, you know, the, we're absorbing all of that stuff. Oh, and, 100%. <laughs> ah, and it can, you know, sometimes they'll show up in your dreams, right? You watch too many murder mysteries and then your dreams start changing. You're like, oh, I got to stop that. That's, that's yeah, exactly. Cool. Is this a good idea? <laughs> That's right. That's right. So we know, we recognize just from your example, how important it is that you apply the sewing principle on a daily basis because each day that you sew, and that at some point you're going to reap the results of that. So if you can be mindful yeah. of that, that's going to help you to stay on track to where you're going because they're like, okay, do I really want to read this tomorrow? Uh, no. So let me shift this right now so that I can start sewing the right thing and get back 100%. to what I want to see. And I think that, you know, I'm, I'm definitely human. And, and just because, you know, you and I, I think I've mentioned this, but just because I wrote the book doesn't necessarily mean that I have it all figured out. But one realization I've been having lately is, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. That's That's just that's who we are, right? We're going to make mistakes. There's days where we're going to mess up or we're going to make mistakes. And then, but don't write off, you know, the whole year because you made a mistake, like the same way that you won't write off the morning just because you stubbed your toe or when you're getting out of bed, right? You still have the decision, the next decision that you get to make, right? If you didn't, if you didn't get to eat healthy today or make it, you know, the opportunity to work out today, it doesn't mean that I'm just never going to work out again for the rest of the year, (laughs) right? I can still choose to pick up that tiny decision again, this afternoon or tomorrow or whenever that opportunity presents itself. Tell me about your the whole book manufacturing process for you. Tell me about your publishing experience because many of our listeners are emerging or existing nonfiction authors. So it's great to hear what somebody else has gone through so that they can at least learn from that, plan for it, or avoid it <laughs> altogether. So tell us about yeah. your publishing experience. What was that like for you? It was it was interesting. You were incredibly helpful, and so I really appreciated the opportunity to to talk with you. And and uh, I definitely would recommend anyone to to kind of connect with you if they're looking at going through publishing. You really helped me to clarify, you know, uh, you, you know whether or not I was going self published or whether I should even consider the possibility of looking for a you know more major publishing house. And I came to the realization pretty quickly. Uh, as you and I talked that, you know, unless you have a, unless you have a built-in audience, a fairly substantial one, if you're writing a nonfiction book, you know, you're, you need to, don't waste a lot of time, just head down that sort of self-publishing or co-publishing uh, road. That's, that's your, definitely your best route to spend more energy, effort, and time in, in making sure that you're choosing a good partner and, and, and kind of working towards the end there. Um, so I worked with, you know, having started with writing and then I worked with you uh, in, the, in the first sort of rounds of editing, which was, which was amazing and was super helpful in sort of clarifying and just making sure that I had something that was, uh, well, you, you, like you said, write something worthy, right? You don't, when you're writing the book, mm-hmm. especially if it's when it's your first book, uh, you know, how do you know it's something worthy, right? That's a, it's a really good question. Um, so so you, were, you were incredibly helpful with that. So thank you. And, and how and, about uh, the publishing part? Yeah. And then so the publishing part, I was able to uh, I I searched around quite a bit to try and find um, a 
co-publisher. I, I looked at the possibility of doing it all myself, but I personally just came to the point where I needed to get the book out and recognize that there was people that have a lot more skills and expertise than I do and could save me significant hours um, in actually helping this book come to market. And that, that I got it just got to the point where I recognized I probably could do it all on my own uh, in publishing it, uh, but I, I didn't. I didn't have the time with, with, you know, a couple little kids and, and one on the way and a full-time job. It didn't make sense to me to invest that time into it. It was better for me to make the financial investment to get a co-publisher. Uh, so I ended up working and partnering with Hasmark Publishing and they're out of, out of Toronto here and, and they were great to work with. So they worked with me in helping with my sort of final round of edits, mostly around grammatical editing and they were, their team was excellent. They also did all the layout for me. Um, and then did the the actual publishing uh, onto Amazon, which was which is incredible. Um, and so I actually skipped a step in there. Uh, halfway through last year, I, I found a um, I found an uh, uh, sorry a graphic designer that helped me with the book cover. So I didn't just the front cover. I didn't have the the, the spine or the back done, but I actually went ahead and got the front cover done um, ahead of actually finding a publisher because I wanted to start to promote the book. Um, you know, limited as that was, but it, it did give me a leg up to have a cover that was sort of finalized. Uh, that way, when I was ready to go and publish, we were able to move relatively quickly uh, to, to actually get things published. So, an excellent idea. And you know, I recommend oftentimes that the cover not only can help you to market it to your potential partners. But it's also just inspiration for you. When you see oh, that yeah. cover, you're like, ah, this is the book that I'm, this is what I'm working for. This is why I'm doing what I'm doing right now. Yes, that yeah, I agree. inspired you to do that. And as an FYI to our listeners, Hasmark is the publishing company that I spoke with in, I believe, episode 20 of the Write Something Worthy podcast. And we got to talk directly with the uh, the president and CEO Judy O'Byrne in that episode. Yeah. Judy's I'm Judy's glad great. That she's, you were a, and she yeah. though, I'm so glad you got to connect. She's with great. Her and and she's got a really, really great team of people um, that she works with, and that was, you know, because you don't you don't always know. I mean, I met with Judy, and and she she was obviously very very good at what she does, and uh, so we made the decision to partner with her. And I just I still remember the email I got introducing me to her team. And you're like, oh my gosh, there's a real, <laughs> a real team here. It wasn't like one or two people. There was like ten or twelve people that I got introduced to, and people that helped with all different facets of bringing the book together. And that that was really incredible. So great experience to have because not all authors have that experience. You know, quite frankly, it's not always easy to choose the right publisher, and oftentimes there's just disappointment on the path. So I'm glad yeah. you're at least able to have a, a primarily positive experience. That's really Sorry, I, I could see how I could see how people could potentially have negative experiences. There's definitely a lot of it's a minefield out there in my personal opinion for somebody that's trying to self publish that doesn't have maybe anybody to help guide their process, which I think this podcast would be great for because I think there are a lot of companies out there that really just want to take you know, three, four, five thousand dollars, and they promise you that you're going to be a bestseller, and whatever that means. Um, and it, it, yeah, it's it's interesting. So yeah, you, you do you want to do your due diligence, and you're looking for some recommendations for sure from people that you trust, like yourself. 
you just recently launched, right? Just uh, last month? Yeah, November 19th. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. But how has life as an author been for you? I mean, what's the perception versus the reality for you? I think in my own mind, it's um, it, it, it it's helped me make the, just sort of the mental shift of like, and I'm still getting used to the idea, but you know, now I'm a, a, a published author, uh, an Amazon bestseller, uh, which is, which is pretty fun, but, uh, it hasn't, it hasn't really changed my day to day life. Although I'm much more, I feel like I've got a lot more confidence now with what I'm talking about. So more confidence in some of the projects that I'm working on for the future and just, you know, connecting different opportunities to maybe speak or uplift and encourage people. All of those things, it's, I feel like it's given me a foundation to build on in sort of building my own personal brand and, and creating, uh, giving, giving, you know, giving more content to the community that we're building. You know, all of those things, I think the book's really given me a launching point from which to, to go for and sort of created a, uh, just given me a, a level of credibility that I didn't have beforehand. And what a great seed to sow, right? I mean, when you know that you have written something worthy, that you have created something that can positively impact the lives of many, it's such a great feeling. And it's a joy for me to see you get that word out there, that you took all the steps necessary to make it happen. And I'm so excited for you. I really, truly am. No, I appreciate that. Yeah, it's definitely a journey. So what's next? What? What are you going to do to top this off? I mean, this is exciting. You've become an Amazon bestseller. You've launched your first book. You know, people are going to start to know you. You're getting on podcasts. You're just fabulous. So now what? <laughs> well, you make it sound more glamorous than maybe it is. But um, I've had a I've had a couple uh, things that have come up over the last six months, which have been incredible. So. I recognize the need to, to 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 build an audience, of course, for this book and for for you know future books to come. And and so one opportunity that came across my path is that I I was able to get access to a studio where I've been able to start to film a YouTube video uh, that that comes out once a week. And so that's actually just been amazing for me to help clarify my ideas, so creating content that that's sort of uplifting and encouraging people. And speaking about things, it's speaking about the sewing principle, but I also talk a lot about, you know, what, what am I reading? What books am I reading or different things that God puts on my heart? They're relatively short videos, you know, somewhere between five and 10 minutes long. And that, that's been amazing. So I, I foresee myself continuing to work on that, um, continuing to create one of those for as long as I, I just, it just stretches me and I love it. So I think it's a really good thing. I think the consistency is really good as well. Uh, so I definitely want to write another book, but I'm pouring pouring some effort and energy into into getting that going to get started. Um, and so if anybody wants to check that out, you can just Google or YouTube, type my name into YouTube. I come up there. I think you've probably got, I think I sent you a link for that in the show notes as well. Awesome. I go to YouTube all the time to learn something or to grab a hold of a new tip while I'm, you know, making breakfast or whatever. So right. I'm always running that positive stuff. So so awesome that you provide that on a weekly basis. Is that what you said? Yeah, we're doing it about once a week. And sorry, it comes out every every Tuesday afternoons. And, and so that's been great. And then the other thing that I'm working on right now is I just had this idea recently. I wanted to create, I mean, this will be helpful for your, for your authors that are listening as well, but, uh, you know, a, like a reader magnet 
because I, I don't have a, a great reader magnet yet, but I also wanted to create something as we head into the new year. So I've been thinking a lot about goal setting um, and how do I take some of the things that I've learned through the sewing principle process and just what else I'm learning right now. And so I created a, I've created a workbook for helping people to set goals that are more focused on their identity. So I, I call it the identity focused goal setting workbook. And I've got that coming out here just in, a, in about a week, hopefully uh, right before Christmas, uh, depending on when, when everything airs and, and when I get it finalized, but it's just a, it's a framework just to walk through and sit down as you kind of set goals for the new year. And so that's going to be a free PDF that's going to be available. And I am super excited to share that with people. I really think it's going to be a tool uh, that people can use uh, to set themselves up for, you know, who's God calling you to be as we head into this next year? Uh, you know, it's not so much about what he's calling me to accomplish, but who's he calling me to become uh, as a person? And so I'm really excited to be able to start to share that with people. And I think it's going to have a real positive impact. Wow. Well, I will make sure that when it's ready for the world, that we add that link to the show notes so that our listeners can grab a hold of that. It's perfect timing. Ab- I intend Absolutely. to, you know, have this out before the new year so that everybody can really benefit from both your book and now the workbook. That sounds fantabulous. Thank you. So you mentioned a few um, ways that people can get in touch with you. Can you uh, repeat those for you, for our listeners? Now, I will have everything in the show notes so everybody will be able to click directly from those links there. But if you'd like to just share your primary, um, like your website and where they can reach you on Instagram, et cetera, that would be awesome. Yeah, for sure. So the, yeah, my website is, is the best place to start anyway, for sure. That's the hub, right? Um, so jasonelcott.com, that's J-A-S-O-N-A-L-C-O-T-T.com. That's a great place to start. Um, and then I am on Instagram at Jason Elcott. And then, you know, where the content is the freshest and where things are kind of going up all the time is probably a combination of both Instagram and then, and then YouTube as well. YouTube is, YouTube is where we're really putting some energy and effort and focus into, but I do post links to all of that in Instagram uh, very consistently. So, uh, and just type Jason Elcott into YouTube. It comes up. There's not any other Jason Elcott that I'm aware of that are creating content right now, at least not that I've seen yet. So pretty easy to find. But if uh, if anybody wants to send a note, if they got any questions, you can definitely do that through the website. I get all the emails that come directly to me, and I'm happy to get back and respond and connect or answer any questions that anybody might have. I am so thrilled that you were able to take the time to come onto the show and to share your exciting new book, The Sewing Principle, with us at the uh, Write Something Worthy Tribe. And I just wish you so much incredible success. Oh, and I wish you so much happiness and love with that new baby that's coming. Thank you. Uh, And thank you again for coming on to Write Something Worthy. And I'll look forward to including everything about you on our show notes so that our audience will be able to benefit from learning more about you and your book. Thank you. Thank you, Tanya, for, you know, taking the time to invest into people and to, to, to allow them to kind of pursue their dreams and goals. I know you work incredibly hard to give authors an opportunity to share uh, what they're thinking about. And I, I just want to thank you for that. Uh, I it, really appreciated, you know, the help that you gave me to help bring this book to light. Was, it, was, it came at a crucial time and I couldn't have done it without you. So thank you.
You've been listening to the Worthy Writer edition of the Write Something Worthy podcast. If you'd like to know more about today's guest or even to reach out to them, you can find all of their information in our show notes at writesomethingworthy.com. Have a wonderful week and we hope you join us next Wednesday for another fabulous episode. 